Thanks for listening to Schlereth and Evans On Demand, presented by Bathfitter. Hey guys, if you drop the ball when it comes to your bath or shower remodel, Bathfitter doesn't just fit your bath, they fit your budget and schedule. Bathfitter will install a tub or shower in just one day. Bathfitter's price guarantee is a slam dunk. Bathfitter, it just fits. President's Day, Denver. Sitting in today for Schlereth and Evans. Here's Chad Andrews and Denver 7's Troy Rank. Good Monday morning to you. Happy President's Day. People celebrate President's Day. (laughs) Do you honor your favorite presidents on President's Day? Other than getting a day off like... Mike Evans and Mark Schlereth this morning. Good morning, Chad Andrews. Troy Rank in for the boys today. Sid the Kid is behind the glass running the show. We will be here for uh, a few hours. And Matt Smith will join the fun as well. Uh, James Merrillat will join the program like he does every single Monday at 8 o'clock this morning. So um, normally Mondays, Troy, uh, we come in here and it is just, uh, pardon the pun, an avalanche of information and things to get into. Um, but this is a little bit of a unique situation coming off the heels of the Super Bowl a week ago. We had a spectacular come from behind Avalanche win yesterday. But other than that, I don't know that the sports weekend was all that productive or entertaining for too many people here in Denver. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Yeah, it's that weird time of year now between baseball season. NFL free agency hasn't started. The combine is next week. Uh, we're just in NBA. I love the NBA. I mean, you put the logo on, I'm probably going to watch. But the NBA All-Star game doesn't do it for me. Uh, just, I actually appreciated the slam dunk contest, I'll be honest, with McClung. But, yeah, it's a, we're in that weird, kind of that weird limbo area of NBA games are now going to matter. That final push, 23 games. Uh, hockey's starting to percolate again here locally, certainly. But football is king, and without football, with all due respect to the XFL, which I watched a little bit of, it's just it's a time of year that is different. And Broncos, even then, they're not making news yet. They're trying to in hiring some coordinators with Sean Payton. But, yeah, I had a great weekend. I was in California, as I spend most weekends this spring, watching my son play baseball. So I was gone Friday, Saturday, and so I, I'm enjoying my weekends. <laughs> I guess I'm seeing some college baseball and enjoying great weather and, you know, just keeping up with Broncos news. That fake spring we had this weekend, <laughs> the fake spring weather that everybody wanted to get outside, right? Got teased a little bit. The golf expo was going on this weekend, so everybody thought it was time to play golf, and now it's going to be zero or whatever again this week with more snow. Uh, yeah, it happens every year after the Super Bowl. It's a little bit of an adjustment. So what did you do? Let us know. We're almost law.com text line 303-713-1043. Was it a welcome break or were you a little bit lost as a sports fan? Because I'll be honest, if um, you ignored the NBA All-Star game, good for you. Because it's total trash. (laughs) It's pretty terrible. The NBA All-Star weekend is fun when it's in your town. Or if you're going and all the events are around and there's an excitement, electricity, and all the stars come in and there's concerts and parties and everything else. Other than that, when you're not there, um, yeah, no thank you. And uh, I think Nikola Jokic would share in those sentiments and even Michael Malone after coaching the game last night. So um, we will touch on 
what that means and what it means for the Nuggets going forward the rest of the season with, what, 23, 25 games left, something like that, sitting atop the Western Conference. And uh, also speculation season, as Troy referenced, in terms of still speculating on what the coaching staff is going to look like for the Broncos. A couple of indications, a couple of decisions made last week where we get an idea, and we'll, we'll pick Troy's brain on that as to where that stands. And then the other possibilities with some familiar names, some big names, possibly on Sean Payton's staff. But the only thing that really mattered this weekend, Troy, in terms of the sporting events here locally, I, I think the golf event in L.A. with John Rahm winning, Tiger Woods hosting and playing, was uh, was pretty entertaining if you're into golf. Um, I don't know how many people in Denver are big NASCAR fans and watch the Daytona 500, but it did happen this weekend. It's not for me, right? But it is still a, a huge event in that community. Um, for the absolute football star of the XFL did kick off. If you watch that, uh, I do want some people to weigh in as to what they saw there. But the only thing of consequence here was our Colorado Avalanche, baby. Back from the dead. People telling me all year long, ha they're not going to make the playoffs. What are you talking about? Don't worry about, uh, I've said over and over, I'm not going to worry about the Avalanche until a team puts them in an, in, in an elimination game in a series. And people scoffed at me and said, ha, elimination game, they're not even going to make the playoffs. Well, lo and behold, what team has won three in a row? What team is 4-0-1 in their last five games? What team saw the captain back in the building for the first time all season yesterday, ready to continue his rehab now with the team. The Avalanche now with 67 points, Troy, after a highly unlikely come-from-behind win yesterday over the Edmonton Oilers where they were down big. <laughs> they were down 3 nothing in this one, and they were down 5-3 in the third period. And still managed to come back, tie it, and in overtime, Miko Rantanen gets the game winner. Um, are you starting to feel the avalanche momentum yet? Yeah, I mean, they're starting to percolate. They're, what, 11-2-2 two two over their last 15? That's a nice stretch here. As you mentioned, Gabe Landeskog is now we see at least light at the end of the tunnel. There was worry, like, is he going to play this year? Uh, obviously, he's trending toward coming back. I don't know when that would be, but him being back with the team, he was out of the country for a long time uh, rehabbing. So, to me, they're dangerous. It hasn't felt like their year in terms of repeating, I'll be honest, just because last year they were so explosive and it felt like they could beat anyone any night. This year they haven't been as explosive because of injuries, but their goalie play is not bad. It's not bad yesterday notwithstanding. I, I'm curious, curious, because they are a dangerous team if they get healthy in the playoffs. They won't be the favorite, which in some ways could help them take a little bit of pressure off. Uh, but, yeah, they're starting to percolate. And the talent's always there with them offensively. It's just they've been so injured. And now as guys are starting to come back, we're starting to see that team we saw most of last year, which is the most explosive hockey team in terms of offense. So I, I'm excited. I'm excited. I don't see them as a favorite, but anyone saying they weren't going to make the playoffs, I never felt that. I just wasn't sure if they could make a deep run this year because of all the injuries. It's interesting, and I do want to get into this more uh, coming up in a couple of moments, because the, the Avalanche and the Nuggets have kind of 
reversed roles and are in very different positions. Not so much where the Nuggets were ever a defending champion looking to scare somebody from a low seed, but the fact that the Avalanche were their prohibited favorite all year long last year atop the conference and, and everybody thought they had a really good chance to win the cup. And now, due to injuries, due to some other circumstances uh, throughout the schedule this season, they find themselves in the position that maybe a Golden State Warriors or a Lakers are in the NBA that are fighting to get one of the last seeds, which is who the Nuggets may end up playing. So we may see both ends of the spectrum here this spring when it comes to the playoffs, having a basketball favorite in the conference, having to knock off a proven former champion with some pedigree and some skins on the wall, and then also having that very same situation reverse itself in hockey with the Avalanche being a lower seed but being extremely dangerous to anybody at the top of the conference. So a little bit of a strange dynamic, right, that is developing here, but things definitely looking up and on the up and up for the Colorado Avalanche after the come-from-behind win yesterday. We'll get more into that, and then, of course, um, the All-Star weekend with Nikola Jokic's participation on his 28th birthday yesterday, along with Michael Malone and the coaching staff, and then uh, the overall uh, debacle that that <laughs> turned into. So um, it's kind of wide open for you guys today. Chime in on the RamosLaw.com text line. That's 303-713-1043. Chad Andrus, Troy Rink, and for Schlereth and Evans on the fan. President's Day, Denver, sitting in today for Schlereth and Evans. Here's Chad Andrus and Denver 7's Troy Rank. 30 seconds to go in overtime. Here is Tames. Off to NHL Network with the call there. How about those abs? Miko getting it done. Just uh, final minute, final 30 seconds of overtime. Did you take in the avalanche this weekend? What did you do with no football? The Super Bowl hangover. We're going to take your feedback and have a good back and forth with you guys today. Chad Andrus, Troy Rink in on this President's Day for Schlereth and Evans. Quick, Troy, who's your favorite president? Favorite president? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get you in trouble. I couldn't. I couldn't tell you that. I couldn't. It would be. I would. It would probably be based on my love of history. Be Abraham Lincoln, based on his the way history changed with Abraham. I'd say Abraham Lincoln. Probably the most popular choice across all the presidents. Right. I mean, it's not going to be James Buchanan. Right. Uh, <laughs> so uh, enjoy your day off if you have it today. Like. Schlereth and Evans do, and some of the others across the station. So we will uh, we will carry you through in the meantime. 303-713-1043, the RamosLaw.com text line. And uh, this is this is a good one, Troy. This is the reason the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issues to come out in February every year. There's nothing happening until March Madness. Um, fair point. Fair point. So um, chime in. Let us know what you did. Some people watching the UFC, obviously, the people uh, riding the Avalanche winning streak had a great weekend. Um, 
One guy says, if you guys don't start talking more about the XFL, I'm turning you off. I, I didn't watch the XFL. Did you watch any XFL? I watched a little bit of a couple different games. Uh, the Brahmas, I saw them play. The problem the XFL runs into, and I say this, it, there's, it's twofold. Because I love football, and I typically will watch it if it's on TV. When it's in the XFL, just like the USFL, it does. You don't know the players. There's, you know, so even though you say, "Well, they're better than college players," they are for the most part. They're quasi pros, better than your Division One guys, but not ready for really even practice squads in some cases in the NFL. But there's no collegiate attachment to them. Number one, and secondly, they don't score enough points. That and they're changed. They've adjusted rules to the credit of the XFL. They're, they're trying to adjust the rules to make it more offensive friendly, but. No one wants to watch. I mean, believe me, as a Broncos beat writer who's covered them for the last seven years, it's just bad and boring. It's hard to watch when your team's scoring 15 points, 17 points a game. But uh, Ben DiNucci played for the Sea Dragons last night. I remembered him from the Cowboys. Um, Paxton Lynch, I saw a little bit of that game. He got benched. You know, Shocking. Uh, who does I, he play for? Oh, God, why can't I Who he play for, like they do on TNT? The team that Houston played, right, that played against Wade Phillips? Uh, the Guardians? Does he play for the guy? See, here's here's my but challenge the with issue. the XFL, right? That's the it, issue. It, and here's my challenge, right? I can probably deduce by home field when it shows me where the game was played that the Renegades are a Dallas or a Texas team because it was Arlington, Texas at Choctaw Stadium. But they played against the Vipers, and I have no idea where the Vipers are from because they were the road team. And to your point, that game was 22-20. He was Orlando because he's from that area. He he got benched in his debut for the Orlando Guardians. Okay, the Guardians, and they played in Houston against the Roughnecks, 33-12. And that's Wade Phillips' team, the Roughnecks. He coaches Houston. So I was paying attention to that because of Wade. Cody Latimer actually caught a touchdown from Paxton Lynch in that game. Cody Latimer is still bouncing around, the former Broncos receiver. He got a touchdown from Lynch. And I then thought Lynch, he was going to be a good player. Then Lynch, did not, <laughs> and then Lynch did not play well after that. He had uh, His last pass was an interception, and he got benched. The uniforms look great. The, some of the technology is cool, like the, the interactiveness, being able to hear the coaches. There's some things that, again, make a lot of sense, but at the end of the day, they got to score points. For me, it's hard to watch. I don't want to watch a defensive battle in the XFL. 18-15, Battle Hawks over Brahmas. Texas has three teams in the XFL. Yeah, that sounds oh, right. Oh, jeez. Uh, defenders beat the Sea Dragons 22-18. Defenders are Washington, but where are the Sea Dragons from? Seattle. Seattle, that's obvious. Okay. That's um, a pretty sick logo, that Sea Dragons logo. I actually did. It kind of looks like the UAB Blazers. Little a little bit. A little bit, yeah. With a Seattle Kraken S kind of shape. Um a lot of logos these days almost feel like they're ripoffs of something else. The right? Brahmas doesn't make sense because it's the horns of the Brahma bull mm-hmm. on the helmet, but they're, they're yellow. It, yeah. I mean, like it needed to be like cream colored to look like actual horns of the Brahma bull. <laughs> the XFL scores 22-20, 33-12, 18-15, 22-18. I, I see your point. Not much scoring. It's weird. With XFL, like the original first go-around, you know, the old he-hate-me go-around of the XFL, that was something new and different, and I tried to watch a couple times and and get the excitement, right? Like the the scrum for the the first possession and and things like that. Um, But interest died out after, you know, a month or whatever the case was, and then obviously the league died out. Um, 
it's weird for me because I'm such a huge college football fan. So a lot of these guys I would know from watching college football, but I've never ever outside of like the original USFL with names in it, Doug Flutie and Herschel Walker, like Jim Kelly. Outside of that, I've never gotten into any other pro football league. Yeah, so I I should probably give it a chance and try, but I just I, I can't do it. I can't do it. Heinz Ward was coaching. I mean, there's some fun. You, you'll see names, and you'll be like, oh, wow. You know, I recognize that guy, or I know that. But it's just as a collective whole, for me, if it's going to work, they've got to score points. It's got to be entertaining in a way. I'm not saying it's scripted, but you've got to be watching it saying, I'm going to see a chance for both teams to score 30 points. Because if it's 15, 14, that's a tough watch. It just is. I mean, that's just the reality of the way we're conditioned to watch pro football. In our because the way we gamble on it, way we watch fantasy football, everything we do with football is through the offensive lens. So if you're trying to sell me an alternative version to the NFL in the spring, and it's going to be low scoring, I can wait for the Broncos and watch their offense in the fall. I don't need to watch offenses that can't score in the spring. If you're betting XFL unders, you might have a problem. Um, <laughs> 2935 chimes in, says 150,000 people in the stands. Blue Angels overhead. Watch the Daytona 500. Uh, 0749. Couldn't decide which was worse, NBA All-Star Game or the XFL, so I watched neither. I can get behind that one. <laughs> I can say the NBA All-Star Game was worse. <laughs> I, next year they should just play flag football at the NBA All-Star Game. My word. It's just, it's just a shoot-around, right? Essentially. I mean, they tried to spice it up by picking the teams just before the game started. Uh, Joker had a little bit of a mishap there that uh, we will get into a little bit later on in uh, the hour at the All-Star game with the draft and what happened with Nikola Jokic there, the uh, soon-to-be three-time MVP, more than likely. Um, so, yeah, chime in, right? Let us know what... Uh, what you participated in, it was a big golf weekend for me. I'm always in on Tiger, so I always watch Tiger Woods. Uh, it was a really competitive field at the Genesis, so I watched a lot of that. Plus, the golf expo was in town, so I took my daughter to the golf expo, and then she wanted to hit balls, so there was a stop at Top Golf, right? So um, the weather cooperated. That was a huge part of the weekend for me, uh, trying to fill the void here. And obviously, with uh, the way the avalanche are going, the interest is definitely picking up there as we make a push towards the trade deadline in the playoffs and then the Nuggets. The problem we're going to have this week, Troy, is we've got three days now with no games whatsoever. The Nuggets don't play again until Thursday, and the Abs are off until Friday after playing yesterday. They actually probably deserve it. They played four games in six days, um, so they need a little bit of a break, but I don't know if when you're this hot – yeah, it's the time to do it. So uh, let us know what you did, right? I watched golf like uh, a lot of you did on the text line. Uh, the XFL conversation is interesting. So if you did watch that, keep uh, chiming in there as well. But uh, coming up next, let's uh, let's get into this offseason and where we're at. Now that people have decompressed from the Chiefs winning another Super Bowl and your rival in your division being on top and holding a parade What's next for the Sean Payton-led Broncos, particularly on the coaching search front? What has Troy learned so far, and what are his thoughts on some of the other uh, rumors that are floating around out there concerning the coaching staff and what it means going forward? Chad Andrus, Troy Rank, in for Schlereth and Evans on the fan. 
Happy President's Day, Denver. Sitting in today for Schlereth and Evans. Here's Chad Andrews and Denver 7's Troy Rank. What do you think of the Broncos right now and Russell Wilson? I think they're terrible. They scored 11 points. <laughs> they scored 11 points. All right, so to sit back and say, this is the same Russell Wilson. No, it isn't. And, and, and I'll tell you why. It's a way different scheme. Yeah. yeah. Like, the, the best thing with Russ yeah, is to pound the football and then let him, do, you know, let him do his thing. But throwing a deep ball off a of play action is the best thing that he does. Mm-hmm. I don't see that with this offense. They're always in gun. You're taking away the best thing you do is run the football, Denver. All right, offensively, at least it was last year. They're trying to put a square peg in a round hole. I don't get it. And they need to go back to doing what Russ does. Make this Russell, you know, a Russell Wilson offense, which by the way starts with predominantly running the football. Rex Ryan on ESPN. Is he on Get Up? Usually, is that the show he's yeah, always on? Mike Greenberg last said. week. Uh, whatever their NFL coverage, you know, Rex is is everywhere. TV star the last several years since it, leaving coaching. He's on NFL pro- their pregame show every Sunday too. There, there we go. Chad Andrews, Troy Rink. As um, Troy, let's let's get into this coaching search a little bit, and um, it's a couple different things I want to pick your brain about as to how you go about covering things like this that uh, aren't necessarily on a schedule for availability and, and finding out information and rumors that leak out with Rex Ryan being considered. And I saw a photo of him at a hotel here in uh, the metro area this weekend and reportedly interviewing Saturday. And Vance Joseph was supposed to be here Friday, potentially coming back as a defensive coordinator too. So, um, Troy, just just go ahead and break the news for us now. Who's the D.C.? Yeah, those two are the the favorites. Rex Ryan, since the Super Bowl weekend, has been considered the favor. And then Vance Joseph interviewed on, what, Thursday for eight hours. Impressive. I know he left that interview hopeful, but now he's going to interview with the Eagles some point this week, either today, tomorrow, some point early this week. So he may have an option. But Rex Ryan is someone that has connections way back to the Jets, and there's multiple player, multiple coaches now on this staff that have Jets connections. Um, he's got the experience. What's interesting, though, is he hasn't been a full-time defensive coordinator since 2008 with the Ravens. Then he became a head coach with the Jets, and then later the Bills. His defense is, for the most part, like 9 of 12 years in the top 10 and fewest yards allowed. He's known for being a creative and aggressive. I'll never forget when he would play against Peyton Manning. He'd have five guys standing at the line of scrimmage. He would drop eight into coverage. He would be creative, no doubt. Um, For me, he was a much better defensive coordinator than he was a head coach. Is he the guy? Why now? Why after? He would be seven years removed from last coaching in the NFL. His kids have graduated. One of his sons played at Clemson. So I don't know that he's an empty nester, but it might fit his lifestyle now. There's there's money in it. Let's be honest. Let's not be shy away. Even though he's on TV, NFL coordinator money is better than TV money. I guarantee you that uh, in terms of the role he has on TV. Uh, so I consider him the slight favor. I consider him the slight favor right now. Sean Desai interviewed. He's a Vic Fangio protege. It didn't seem to gain a lot of traction. Doesn't mean he's out, but he didn't gain a lot of traction. Rex Ryan started generating a lot of buzz. And from people I talked to in the industry last week, they felt like he was going to be the guy. Uh, and then Vance Joseph interviews. 
Sean Payton has taken this deliberate approach that he had said the expression slow to hire, quick to fire, that he wants to make sure he makes the right choice and then hold people accountable. Uh, he felt like when he did this originally with the Saints in 06, that it was just like anyone who would take the job, you'd hire him. And part of it was just the Saints were in a mess following Hurricane Katrina. So he's been very deliberate. But if I had to handicap it now, I'd still give Rex Ryan a slight bump. Vance Joseph's in it till he's not, and Sean Desai. Those are the three main names bouncing around. I would expect a decision some point this week because they'll be at the Combine early next week, and I would expect they would be, have a defensive coordinator in place before then. Fifteen years since being a full-time D.C., and in ten years as Baltimore's defensive coordinator and then the Jets' head coach. So four years with the Ravens and then six as the Jets' head coach. Nine of those ten years, they had a top-ten defense. And what's interesting, you talked about the connections. Mike Westhoff has been hired as the assistant head coach for Sean Payton at 75 years old, which I find a bit curious. Um, And then, Ben, is it Kodwika? Kodwika. Is the special teams coach for Sean Payton. Both Westhoff and Kotwiko were on Rex's Jets staff. Correct. So there's a lot of connection here in guys that have worked together. Do you make anything out of that? I don't think you can ignore it. I don't think that that would be ultimately why you would hire Rex Ryan. It has to be because you believe he can be a good defensive coordinator. On a defense that was good last year under Coach uh, Ijero. Like, you don't want to go backwards. Under Excuse me, uh, Ivero. You don't want to go backwards. They were good, not great, but they were good. Um, but the synergy of having guys on staff doesn't hurt. Um, and we've said all along, the one there's going to be a million differences between the way Sean Payton runs the show and compared to Nathaniel Hackett. But we're not going to do open mic night where guys are just trying out new material, never done this. We're going to be getting the comedians that have posters and they're on the marquee. Like These guys have done it. And Westhoff has done it as an assistant head coach. He'll help oversee with special teams. He's in a kind of a quasi-Jerry Rosberg role. You've got Kudwika, who's been a special teams head coordinator with the Falcons, with the Vikings, with the Jets. Like, he's been the guy on teams, not first time in the role. And that's why when they know Rex Ryan, we can't dismiss it. We can't just dismiss it out of hand. Uh, the question, again, for me is what makes the timing right for Rex now? Is he all in? Because that's the problem with NBA. Like, I would never – I love covering the NFL. NFL coaching lifestyle is horrible because they work – you know, and especially under Sean Payton, he's old school. I mean, these are 16, 18-hour days, sleeping at the facility, calling mid med, meetings at midnight and 1 a.m. I mean, the grind never ends. And Rex, you that's why you just have to ask yourself, is he ready to walk back into that? There's no question he's qualified to be a defensive coordinator. But seven years away from that lifestyle, is he all in? Because with Sean Payton, there's a lot of non-negotiable stuff. That's what I just need to know because I would welcome it. I welcome the the story. Who would be a better Thursday press conference in the league on a consistent basis than Rex Ryan? Wade Phillips was outstanding when he was there. Rex Ryan would be must-see TV for us, so I'm not. I would root for it in that way alone, just because it's entertaining. I, I'm 100 behind that too for the entertainment value, um, for the football value. Uh, one, I know there is um, there is something to be said for having guys who have been a head coach on your staff and can relate to all of the positions 
on the coaching staff and what the head coach has on his plate and help take some of that off for them. And a guy that would just strictly take command of the defense and run with it. There's something to be said for that. But is there any concern when a guy has so much experience and has been on TV and can make comments like he did about Russ as to how the team should play if the head coach doesn't necessarily 100% see it that way? Yeah. Um, that That's one thing. Here's the that's other an thing. Issue. That, and, and Rush would have to really slide into the background other than his Thursday press conference. He cannot be making news during the week as a coordinator. Here's the other thing. Um, you know what? I'm going to save this for uh, for the next segment. I'm gonna I'm going to read you a text that I got from a Jets media member and a longtime Jets fan. He's a bit of a homer, but um, very familiar with the Rex Ryan era, all of the Jets eras for the last thirty plus years. Uh, I'm going to read you the text I got from him when it surfaced that Rex Ryan might very well be the next defensive coordinator of the Broncos and get your feedback on that. We'll uh, we'll continue to take your texts as well on uh, the potpourri of everything going on now that the football season is over at 303-713-1043. Chad and Troy in for Schlereth and Evans. Hope the boys are enjoying their morning off. Evan's probably sleeping in it. Out Schlereth's. He's a morning guy. He gets up and gets after it. Mark's a busy guy. Evans, he's probably sawing logs right now. Chad Andrews, Troy Rank in for the guys this morning. James Marilot will join us coming up at uh, 8 o'clock. He's normally on on Mondays, and we'll continue that today. He's not taking the day off. Hardest working man at denversports.com. So you guys can all uh, hate on James as you customarily do every Monday morning when he comes up a little bit later on in the program. Okay, Troy, I I promised you I would read the uh, text I got from someone who knows the Jets and has been plugged into the Jets for a long, long time. When it leaked or when it was reported that Rex Ryan not only was going to interview but may indeed be the favorite to become the defensive coordinator for the Broncos, this is what this person sent me. Good luck with lazy grandpa. Hope he gets the job. And Brandon Staley goes for it every bleeping bleeping fourth down versus the Broncos. I don't care if the Chargers are backed up inside their own 20. He'll be exposed right away considering the Denver defense has been great for eight years under every other D.C. How do you react to that response from someone that uh, is plugged in with the Jets in the Rex Ryan experience last time we saw him? Well, I guess he went to the Bills after the Jets, but um, most notably when he went to the AFC Championship games with the Jets. Yeah, he started well with the Jets, and then it did not end well uh, in his last couple defenses with the Bills weren't fantastic, uh, and he gets fired at the end of the 2016 season. Uh, listen, that that is a concern for me because he's been out for so long. Seven years is a long time. So you just have to know what is his motivation for coming back. Is it to one last run, maybe get a ring with Sean Payton? He, has won, he won a ring in Baltimore, so is that it? Is it to try to be a head coach? He still talks about, when I've watched him on ESPN, he still talks about in terms of wanting to be a head coach and he'll say, like, hey, someone could call me. I could do this better. I could do this better. So 
does he think if he has a couple of good years in Denver that he would put him in line to be a third-time head coach after the Jets and Bills? He's, he's only 60, so in today's NFL, like, that's not out of the question. But if he wanted to be a head coach again, where where has he been the last five years? Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. He hasn't been interviewed. He has, There hasn't been interest. He was on CBS as American, you know, crazy, amazing race this past year. He's been on TV. I mean, that that's who he's been. And from a, a media perspective, he's entertaining. There's no way around that. His defenses are known to be very aggressive and creative. But he's been so far out of it. That's what we don't know. He's been at least on TV, not just out of it, out of it. So at least on TV, you're researching teams every week. You're familiar with personnel because uh, that gives you at least a fighting chance when you've been gone this long. I, I'm just, I'm curious. I'm curious. I mean, as someone who covered the Jets, I mean, I'm sure there's some of that, like, they underachieved, especially after a couple of AFC championship games. Didn't end well in either place. And Rex makes a lot of headlines. I would think if he's going to be the coordinator for Sean Payton. And remember this, Rob Ryan was the coordinator for Sean Payton for, what, four seasons, 13 through 16, in New Orleans. So he obviously knows the family. I'm sure he knew Rex from that relationship as well. But there's no way Sean Payton's going to let Rex Ryan be making headlines during the week. There's just no way. If he's going to come back, he's going to come back to be the defensive coordinator Thursday press conference guy. He can't be more than that. That would be a problem. And you asked before the break, Chad, his criticism of Russell Wilson. Frankly, for me, it was on point. It's everything we were saying locally that Russell was miscast. He cast himself as Drew Brees, so it was twofold. Hackett having the inability and backbone to tell him, no, this isn't working, and Russell trying to reinvent himself to play 12 more years. It was complete cascade of failures, as we all know. But uh, the criticism by Ryan was accurate. Does he need to patch that up with Russ? No, I don't think so. Just everyone was ripping Russ last year. He just, it might be worth a conversation if it comes up to say, hey, I was on TV, get paid to give my opinion. It's not personal. I don't think in any way it was ever personal. It felt personal at times with Baker Mayfield, his criticism of him, but it never felt personal with Rex Ryan and Russ Wilson. I, I don't see it, that as being an issue, right, in terms of, who the D coordinator is and what they may have said about Russ. What I see is is potentially being an issue is the actual belief and the philosophy, because this is what fans would complain about with Vic Fangio in terms of playing the game to benefit the defense, because that's what he's concerned about playing conservative offensively, punting in situations because it's better for the defense to give my defense the best chance to succeed. And philosophically, the comments that are on record, the receipts that will be brought up, are Rex Ryan saying things like that. It's a philosophical approach to the way your game plan is to protect the ball and give your defense the best opportunity to keep you in the game as opposed to take chances. And I don't know that five years later since he's been in the NFL, seven years later when Patrick Mahomes was not in the league, when nobody had ever heard of Justin Herbert, when Josh Allen was not on anybody's radar, I don't know that you can necessarily go 100% down that path in the AFC and expect to be a playoff team and expect to have success. And if he's always pushing that in the building, in the coaches' meetings, Right, saying you got to give my defense a chance. You got to give it right. Playing the Vic Fangio way, right? I don't know if that necessarily is going to gel 
with what Sean Payton not only may want to do, but probably has to do to compete in the way the division is structured, in the way the AFC is structured now. Does that, does that make sense? What's interesting about Rex, because you're right, defensive coaches like Fangio, like they want to tilt the game to basically let their defense win it. But Fangio wasn't aggressive. He never blitzed. Like If you go back and look at Rex Ryan's defenses, they were always top 13 and above in blitz rate. Like He gets after it. He's very aggressive in trying to affect the quarterback. Even his, his last few years, you know, they called it like organized chaos. He will get after the quarterback. So it's he wants his defense to look good and get the headlines, but he's not doing it by sitting back and we're just going to bend, not break, and try to keep this a low-scoring game. Rex, last year the Broncos were like fifth in blitz rate, which was a huge increase over Fangio under Coach uh, Averill. With Ryan, that's one thing he did. It's like, I want to win with defense, but it was weird in that – the juxtaposition, I want to win with defense by hitting the quarterback and getting to him. I mean, it'd be a nickel corner blitz and drop the nose guard into coverage. Like, he was very creative, and I watched it with my own eyes in games where he was the head coach against the Broncos, where he even full Peyton Manning a few times with schemes. Where, again, you'd have like seven guys standing up at the line of scrimmage, eight guys in coverage. He would just do different stuff to try to get into Manning's head. But to your point, yeah. If you think you're going to just try to win it with defense here, that's not going to play. And Peyton, but I believe Peyton with this offense, at least this year, they are going to be run heavy. This is Russell Wilson for me, one more chance to save it here in Denver. Because if it doesn't work here with a run heavy offense, play action, mobile pocket, big plays, then I think they're going to move on from him after this year. Contract be damned. And Russ, and how would Rex Ryan fit that? which is aggressive, create takeaways. Aggressive, get to the quarterback. It's just the the teams he left in 16, as you mentioned, Chad, it's much harder. You cannot blitz Patrick Mahomes. Justin Herbert, you can, but you can't blitz Patrick Mahomes. No one is better in the league against the blitz. So that's not the solution. I'll tell you right now, Rex, take no advice from anybody. I don't care if you ever take Just trust me when I say this. Don't blitz Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> you will regret it, as the Broncos have every year they blitz Patrick Mahomes. Uh, on the text line, Rex Ryan's defense is predicated on lockdown corners and keeping the game between the numbers. Who do you have opposite Pat Sertan? If you can't answer that, there's no point in bringing in Rex for D.C. We'll continue um, with this. And the other candidate that Troy is you know, even more familiar with on the defensive side of the ball, as well as... Um, what else we're looking forward to this offseason with the Combine and free agency coming up? And then uh, still to come, we haven't touched on the NBA All-Star Weekend for Nikola Jokic and Michael Malone and staff as of yet. And then 8 o'clock, James Merrill will join the program as well as we continue on this President's Day Monday. Chad Andrus, Troy Rank in for Schlereth and Evans on the fan. When your team is in hot water and you need a break from the play-by-play, Bath Fitter can install your tub or shower in just one day. And just like a coach, Bath Fitter is in your corner offering a watertight, seamless wall. A design consultant will take accurate measurements of your tub or shower and recommend the products that fit your budget. Bath Fitter has special financing available with no money down and no interest for up to five years. Now that's a game changer. Visit bathfitter.com to book your in-home consultation. Bath Fitter, it just fits. 